The attempt is brought to you by Gossamer Gear, manufacturers of functional ultralight backpacking gear designed by hikers. I've been a user and big fan of Gossamer Gear packs dating all the way back to 2012 when I was first introduced to their Mariposa, the 60 liter lightweight internal frame backpack. I've since downsized to the Gorilla, Gossamer Gear's 40 liter pack, which I used for the duration of my Pacific Crest trail through hike in 2017. I choose Gossamer Gear packs because not only are they lightweight, but they can also comfortably carry a heavier load for when I'm leaving town with too much food, snow gear, and or enough water to cover a 25 mile dry stretch. I'm also a user of several accessories sold on Gossamer Gear's website, including their hipster fanny pack, their shoulder strap pocket for my iPhone, and the Lightflex hiking umbrella to protect my fragile ginger skin against the sun and also rain. Gossamer Gear is also the maker of The One, their popular one-person trekking pole tent. It has been said to be the one you need. Listeners of the attempts can score a 15% discount at gossamergear.com by using code THEATTEMPT15 at checkout. Again, that's 15% off your cart by using code THEATTEMPT and the number 15, all one word, at checkout at gossamergear.com. This deal is only good for a limited time, so don't wait. Previously on The Attempt. I'm here with my friends and we are trail angeling today, offering PCT hikers some refreshment. Wow, that trail magic was just freaking incredible. I mean, they did not need to do that. I think the trail does glow, a singular line that draws people to it, to simply travel in one of two directions on their own two feet. California baby. Woo! No more borders to cross. Now I just gotta scamper down 1,700 miles to Mexico. And the simplicity of that line is also what allows for magic to happen. Oh man, okay. This is one of the best moments of the trail so far. I just got to the top of Mount Whitney. There it is! You're listening to the podcast my sister makes. <laughs> it's called The Attempt. I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> All right, we last left Benjamin at the top of the world, on the highest high point of the trail, the summit of Mount Whitney. But here's the thing. After you come down from the Sierras, pretty quickly you're in the desert. Oh, it's windy as fuck today. Uh, sand blowing in my face and hard to set my tent up. Bird spraying past. But I think I picked a pretty, a relatively sheltered spot. And I'm getting ready to go to sleep. Um, other things of note. I'm really tired. Ran out of fuel yesterday, so uh, Dylan went home today. Get some cold soaking until I get to Tehachapi. Matt went into town to charge his phone, so I'm alone, which I was just really tired. Felt pretty good, but also I got pretty cranky today, and I don't think that would have happened had I not been alone. Really sandy. Maybe it would have been worse. The water tastes shitty in Southern California. I'm gonna brush my teeth and go to bed. So that was recorded on the night of October 10th, 
And on that particular night, Benjamin was not camping at a picturesque ridge or overlooking a lake. In fact, he was actually camping at a spot just off the road. And the next day, he set off on that same road, making his way toward the next town, Tehachapi. Um, I am sitting on a dirt road that I've been walking along for a couple miles. And I thought it was kind of emblematic of this section, so I thought I'd talk about it. This road has been very dry, and there's like, there's basically two 25-ish mile water carries, uh, which suck. Um, Because you either burden yourself, and sometimes your water bladder leaks, which happens to me all the time, or you just kind of go light on water and stay a little thirstier. Neither are great options. Um, I also, in general, it's dry, it's windy, it's hot, it's dusty. Um, I hope this isn't what the whole desert is like. The views are pretty, and I especially liked early on in the section. Right after Kennedy Meadows, we had this awesome sunset. But since then, it's honestly not been great. I've had, uh, I picked a pretty laughable tent set last night. It wasn't really soil, it was just like layers and layers of kind of decomposing pine needles and the stakes came out it was super windy i also added way too much water into my meal so it was just like soup um garbage bag broke it was just a comedy of errors last night i was feeling pretty negative and today i wasn't very happy either i was not having very much fun um, I just kind of decided to be honest with myself about that. I wasn't having fun this morning. Um, uh, I gotta check distance now, see if I can make it to town before dark tonight. Alright. Um, I started kind of thinking about how one reason I don't like the desert so you can almost always see cars, and, and I think the reason I don't like that is because it makes it makes me feel like the places I go are less exclusive, which is kind of messed up. But when I look back at my favorite moments, they're places that were hard to get to. Sunrise up Whitney or something. And I think that I really value uh, that exclusivity, feeling like I earned it, and that everyone else who's there also had to earn it. Um, yeah, maybe that's something to think about. Um, Exclusivity is one word for it, but I really liked another word he used, earned. He likes to feel like he's earned things. I think it's why he even wanted to do the PCT in the first place. He wanted to see those amazing views, but he also wanted to have to work hard in order to get to see them. So, for the second night in a row, I'm walking through just an incredible sunset. Oh my god. So last night, I was kind of just, I didn't know where I was headed. But, so I was a little anxious, but then I just saw this, like, these just stripes of cotton candy clouds in this periwinkle. The colors were like the stereotype of baby girl and baby boy. And they were just like streaked across the sky. And it was just like humming with color. 
And then, just a moment after the sun kind of dipped down and turned everything red, you know, the blue and the pink emerged with this purplish red. Then I turned the corner and just got blinded by the other sun, which is the moon. And last night it was in its final day of wax and gibbous. Anyway, so I'm walking south. The sun has probably about 15 minutes before it ducks behind these mountains and the moon rising today. It is a full moon. Just soaking it all in. I don't know, maybe I'm hung out around Spark too much, who's a poet and tries to phrase things nicely, but whatever. I'm really enjoying this walk. Ever since Benjamin started at Hearts Pass, he's had it in his head that the desert is the last stop before the end. And now he's here. In these recordings, it feels like he's starting to realize that this big thing he'd been looking forward to for years is now more behind him than in front of him. In fact, he's even started to mark his recordings by saying what day it is and how far he is from the end. So I am staying here in Tehachapi, California, which is like a mile, like 560 something away from the border. Um, so it's exciting. And I just kind of have a bunch of conflicting thoughts. I thought I'd try to, try to verbalize them. I don't know. One is, there's this sort of, like, just unimaginable kindness that people give PCT hikers. There's the trail angels. I had somebody, in, people warned me that, or let me know that to Hatchapi, they were exceptionally kind. And I was like, sure, okay, we'll see about that. And then, sure enough, I got in for breakfast and somebody gave the waitress a $5 bill for my breakfast. And before I could thank that person, they had left the back entrance. Like, it's just crazy. And then they also said, wherever you go, people will offer you rides. And so walking back from the grocery store, carrying a couple bags from a resupply, somebody pulled over and offered me a ride. Um, and it was really nice. And I took it back to my hotel, and uh, I really appreciated that. The downside is that it's, like, weird. I started to kind of expect it. And when I knew that drivers offered rides here in Tehachapi... I, like, kind of felt like I deserved it, which I hated. That's because I didn't, I don't deserve it. Um, I, and I, like, cars would drive past and I'd think, ugh, like, why aren't you giving me a ride or something like that? And I just didn't like that feeling very much. Um, and it's this, like, weird kind of to see this, like, incredible kindness mesh with, like, this entitlement that I'm starting to get. These people were kind to hikers, and that's just so wonderful and, like, awesome. Um, but it feels like we're just sucking up all the resources and not giving anything back. Like, people, who should you be kind to? You should be kind to people who are down on their luck. Um, those are the people who should be getting breakfast purchased for them. It's just, maybe I'm falling out of love a little bit with the habit of the trail, but I just... I, I, I kind of crave to do something productive. I also, I almost ran out of food last time, so I have so much food this time. And I know it's too much. I mean, I'm looking at it all on the table in a packet. It's pretty funny. Okay, I'm hungry now. I'm going to go get this motel free breakfast. Probably call mom and dad. 
go to Big Five. Um, yeah. In over 100 recordings I've listened to so far, this is the first time I've heard Benjamin talk about this, his complicated feelings about relying on people who help him on the trail. And at the same time, I guess it doesn't surprise me that much. He has never liked special treatment. And I think in the desert, you kind of have to rely on that special treatment sometimes. Like with drinking water, there just aren't enough natural sources along the trail, and so people bring water for hikers. And on the one hand, that's amazing that people do that for each other. And I think Benjamin recognizes how special that is, and he's so grateful for that generosity. But on the other hand, I think it's hard for him to have to recognize that if he's going to get through this last part of the hike, he's going to have to lean on other people more than he wants to. Okay. Uh, Today is three months since I started. I just realized that. Um, So, I know the exact date. It is October 15th. Um, I'm starting to think more and more about what's left, which is, as of right now, I guess just about 500 miles. And it's funny because I have a pretty recent memory of a lot of pride at having completed 500 miles back in Washington, but also now kind of a new perspective as to how small that is. uh, We're going into a section now that has two kind of famous trail angel homes back to back. First one is Casa de Luna. Um, that's we'll get there tomorrow afternoon, and then we'll get to Hiker Heaven the next day in the evening. Um, and they're actually both people who have been doing this for decades, and they're both stopping at the end of this year. And they've given so much that I think they're kind of retiring. So I feel very fortunate to be able to experience that, and that'll be tomorrow and the next day. Um, we have another four and a half, five miles tonight. We get to a camp. That's all. Hey, it is evening time. It's five o'clock. So, uh, sun's going down. Got about, I'd say, three miles left to hike. Um, and we are in Southern California, under 500 miles to go to the border. Um, still with my buddy Spark. There are some new folks in our little bubble right now. Uh, new and old. G-Punk. Uh, they're from North Carolina. Uh, and then Rook and Trooper. And they're a couple from New York. And they're super sweet. Um, and then there's two people I met a long time ago. I don't really know their names, but they're super lovely. And they're another couple. So, it's kind of a big group. And last night, we all arrived at Casa de Luna, which is one of the famous stops along the trail. It's just a house that uh, belongs to the Andersons in the town of Green Valley. And they're just lovely people. And starting 22 years ago, they started hosting hikers for free, feeding them for free letting them camp in the backyard, which is this awesome Manzanita forest. 
And we arrived on a weird day in which, first of all, it's their last year hosting. After 22 years, they're moving um, to Washington and they're selling the house. And so they're very bittersweet about that. Um, it's also a weird day because um, Joe, uh, Terry's husband, was in the hospital for back surgery. And so we got there just as Terry was leaving to go pick him up as he was getting discharged. We wound up just cooking dinner for ourselves, and it was a nice way to uh, all hang out. And it was just a nice time. I felt very welcome at Casa de Luna. We learned that it was called that because she takes a photo of all the hikers in front of a banner that she has everyone sign. And she always has someone else take the photo. Because at the last minute, Terry, who's like 60-something years old, turns over, turns around, bends over, and moons all the hikers in the photo, which is just hilarious, a Luna moon. Um, <laughs> so that was very funny and completely unexpected. But it was just, a, I felt very, very comfortable there. Um, definitely still don't feel like I deserve it, but it's appreciated. Um, you might be able to hear the static of power lines above me just because I'm now descending into a town Saturday, the 19th, oh yeah, 19th of October, I'm walking through Angeles National Forest, which we've been in the area of LA for a while, in this forest that's just around it, and if I'm being honest, I don't like this section very much, um, it's pretty repetitive. I mean, the novelty of the desert is cool, and I liked the first bit, like right after Kendi Meadows, but I don't like the desert that much. In the words of Anakin Skywalker from the critically acclaimed Clone Wars, I don't like sand. It's coarse, uh, what does he say? It's coarse, it's, and it gets everywhere. Here's another adjective for it though. So I kind of screwed up that line. But anyway, it's sandy. There are these very thorny bushes that just hem in the trail, especially when it go over hills. And you can just walk through and completely scratch up your legs and tear your clothes. Um, and got dust in my face and mouth and nose. I just feel a little icky right now. But I don't know. I think what the desert has going for it is a really solid infrastructure of towns and trail angels. Stash Pew is great. Um, I hear like Idlewild is great. Big Bear place is coming up. But I just don't love it here. Um, it's five o'clock right now. I would guess I have just about another eight plus miles. Maybe eight and a half means it won't be another or won't be a particularly early night but it'll set me up pretty well to get into LA when I want to get in which is the morning of the 22nd I'll hit 30 today so I feel good about that
Um, yeah, that's about it. At this point, Benjamin's been in the desert for a week or two. And I think it's fair to say that the landscape isn't growing on him. But the one thing that's making this section feel special is actually the thing he found himself struggling with earlier, accepting help from strangers. Casa de Luna, Hiker Heaven, even the town of Tehachapi were total highlights. They were these loving, welcoming places where he felt so taken care of. And after hearing about all of the amazing people who help hikers along the trail, I think I have a bit of a theory about trail magic. I think it isn't really about helping hikers, exactly. I mean, of course it is about the hikers in a way. These people are bringing hikers into their homes and cars and feeding them and getting to know them. So it ends up being about the hikers. But I think it's more about the trail and wanting to be a part of something big. In an earlier episode, we talked about how the trail kind of draws people to it. And back then, I was just thinking about the hikers. But it also draws other people. People who, for whatever reason, aren't out there hiking it right now, but still want to be involved. For some people, that just means taking a chance and giving some grungy-looking person a ride into town. Or maybe it means setting up a snack station one day at the side of the road. And for a few special people, it means devoting their summers to it, hosting hikers year after year or feeding them along the way. And in that way, these trail angels become institutions along the PCT. Each one kind of becomes a part of the trail itself. And in turn, the trail provides a sort of purpose and a sense of identity for everyone involved. For hikers, for trail angels, for anyone who steps a foot on the trail. All right. Um, it is about 3.30 on Monday the 21st. For the last, like, three, three days, I've been able to see L.A. and her suburbs um, as we've been in the hills above L.A. Um... And I'm finally on my way down. Uh, I'm out of breath. It's been a long, long day already. Today will be my longest day. It's all said and done. Probably between 36 and 37 miles. I'm feeling it. So I thought it'd be a good time to make a recording. Try to distract myself. Yesterday I did some recordings of Ken, a trail angel from Lancaster, and Spark and I first met him a couple days ago. He was sitting at a highway waiting for hikers to come by, giving us water and stuff. And when he saw us, he's like, okay, I'll see you at Highway 2 on Sunday. And we're like, oh, okay, maybe he'll, you know, maybe the timing will sync up. And the trail crosses Highway 2 several times. It's like sort of snakes up the mountains. And, and one of those times, as we were coming out of the woods, we literally step out in the woods. We see a car, on, you know, cross a lane of traffic in the highway. And we look in the window, we're like, oh my God, that's Ken. Ken sees us immediately, gets his driver, who's his buddy, Gustavo, to pull over on the shoulder there. 
then he, you know, go give him a big hug. Yeah, it's cool to see him again. It was incredible that the timing worked out just like that. So when you came to the house, Terry went, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Luna, yeah. And then he pulls out pasta and a cake and just like, eat, eat, eat. And we're like, oh my God, awesome. So we start serving ourselves. And like while we're serving ourselves, he's like, eat, eat, eat. And I was like, I can't. I, I, get some, I, I can't do it fast enough. Ben, I'm so proud of you, son. And this such a cool guy. He was a cross country coach. You know, he was a trail runner. Um, and for 20 years, he's been a trail angel. It's Roland. Tell him who you are, Ken. Just, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Oh, hi. My name is Ken, and I do. Running and I uh, do trail angel. I'm a trail. Uh, how, uh, how did we meet? I met the Spark and Ben uh, on the PCT coming down to Bokeh Canyon. And uh, and then we just met up again. Just like we were coming. We're down on, the trail. on the side of the highway right now, having uh, cake and uh, pasta. And do you bring cake to every hiker? I bring cake to every hiker uh, going north. Or coming south. How long have you been doing it? For the past probably what, twenty something years? 20, yeah. Twenty-four years. And uh, years. why do you do it? Because I like doing it. I enjoy you know talking with the hikers. So you, you take you take time out of your weekend to, to go by. Oh, a I don't cave. mind running to come and spend time with them. Like right now with you and Spark. Awesome. <laughs> it's pretty cool. We appreciate it. Anytime. Here, Spark. Get ready for the next please. Life is good right now. Life is always good, man. You've been listening to The Attempt, produced by me, Julia Drachman, with editing help from Doug Byers. We are a production of Bad Cat Media, created in partnership with The Trek, a media company dedicated to thru-hiking and long-distance backpacking enthusiasts. Find all the episodes of The Attempt at thetrek.co slash theattempt. You can find more information about Bad Cat Media on our website, www.badcat.media. Or you can follow us at badcat underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. The music you heard in this episode is from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode will be out in a week. In the words of Anakin Skywalker from the critically acclaimed Clone Wars, I don't like sand. I don't like sand. It's coarse. Uh, what does it's he say? Coarse. It's coarse. Rough. Ah, shit. It gets everywhere. And it gets everywhere. There's another additive for it, though. So I kind of screwed up that line.